Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. How many are ready to receive the word today? Awesome. Well, Father, we thank you for your word, God. I thank you that you give us... uh, eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying to us. God, I pray that we would have understanding as we look at your word. Uh, May it be applicable to our lives. Uh, Your word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank you, God, that it will bring transformation in our lives. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So we're going to start this morning. A little bit of a review from last week. We're We're on this series, Unashamed, about evangelism. But I'm kind of veering into... Um, miracles for some, for some reason, but I got to follow where the Holy Spirit's leading me. So we'll try to tie this back to sharing your faith. And uh, you share your faith with the word of your testimony, so it, it does tie in. Um, but I want to, if you turn with me to Acts chapter 3, I'm going to do a little bit. Uh, I've been reading about um, the man at the gate beautiful for a couple weeks now, and I've just been really fascinated with the story. I, I shared last week, I'm going to do a bit of review, but then I'm going to continue with the story today. I think there's some principles there that God wants us to get this morning. So going to Acts chapter 3, verse 1, and it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they, they, the people who carried him, laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms, for money, from those who entered the temple. Okay, And so we read this passage of scripture here, we keep going, verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for money, and okay, and, and so we're going to stop there. So this man was lame from birth, okay, and we talked a little bit about this last week. This man was lame from birth. If you read on into the next chapter, it talks about he was over 40 years of age. So for 40 years, he was lame. That's pretty lame. I mean, that's... <laughs> This is not a good, good condition, and, and they didn't have wheelchairs like you have today or roads to move around, so you were dependent on people to move you and carry you from place to place. And so here we have this guy who's lame from birth. He was dependent on others to move him, okay? He was totally dependent on others to move him, and others laid him at the gate daily. He didn't have a choice. He couldn't get up one day and say, I want to go to the beach or I want to go shopping because they were responsible to carry him and they laid him daily at the gate to beg for money. He didn't have a choice. So those he was dependent to move him, okay, took the liberty to use him. I'm going to say that again. Those he was dependent on to move him took the liberty to use him, okay? Have you ever been dependent on something or on someone to carry you and they left you to beg? And you end up in a situation where you're you're not satisfied, you can't move, you're grounded, you're set in a place, you have no ability to move yourself, okay? You were left to beg. And you know, I love the story of the prodigal son. How many like the story of the prodigal son? So we have two sons. One son is saying to his father, the younger son says, Dad, you know, give me my inheritance early. I want to I spend it now. I want to I live life now. I don't want to wait till I'm older. So the father took the portion that was allotted to him and gave it to him. So the younger son went out and he spent all of his money that his father gave him on wild living. And he ended up in a place where he was begging. He was 
in a place where he had spent everything. Now he's working for a farmer, dreaming of eating the pig food to stay because he was empty on the inside. You know, it's the same way in life. People are empty in the inside. They think that the world system, or if I can have more money, or if I can have a better house, or if I have better education, then I'm going to be full on the inside. Listen, you're going to end up empty when you're apart from the Father, right? And so the prodigal gets to this place where he's like, you know, man, my father's servants have it better than I. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to beg, hey, dad, you know, I'll be your servant. Just give me a handout. Give me some help here. And so he went back to the father full of shame and guilt and fear. And the father saw him a long way off and ran, hugged, embraced, and kissed his son And he said, Father, just make me a hired servant. And the father said, no, no, no. Bring out the fatted calf. Bring out the family garment. Bring out the family ring because you're being restored today. I'm not just going to give you a handout. I'm going to give you a hand up. I'm going to bring you back into the family. I'm going to restore you to your position because my son was dead, but now he's found. Isn't that a good story? And I love this story. Acts chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, if we read on, it says, And fixing his eyes on him, so the man was fixing his eyes on Peter, with John and Peter said, Look at us. So So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Say, expecting to receive something from them. See, the question is, are you expecting... To receive something from God. Are you expecting, are you looking to God to receive something today? When you come to church on Sunday, are you coming saying, you know, I'm expecting God to show up. I'm expecting to have a miracle today. I'm expecting something to change because God is in the house. Okay? And, and we have to have this expectancy. All right? Because another word for expectancy is the word faith. Without faith... It's impossible to please God. Now, faith is a spiritual force that's at work. Just like gravity is, 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 is a physical law, faith is a spiritual law. It demands to be fulfilled. And I thought this was really interesting because I was reading a report on the BBC. The report, that the article was done, it was called, Can My Brain Heal My Body? This report was done up. Uh, And it was about an experiment that was done by a man by the name of Michael Mosley. You can look it up. This was back in October 2018. And um, I'm going to bring up a slide there, if we can bring up the slide. And it was on the placebo effect. Some of you guys have heard of this. So the placebo effect here, you you have two people here participating in a test. One is given an actual drug, and the brain is happy. The other person is given crushed up, flour or something in a pill, thinking he's taking the drug, and his brain is happy, okay? And one of those guys who was part of this test, I think there was 168 people in this test, was Jim Pierce. He's 71 years of age. Uh, He lived with chronic back pain that worsened over the years to the point where he can't walk. In fact, some days he can barely move from his wheelchair, When he started taking a daily dose of the blue and white pills filled with ground-up rice powder, he wasn't aware that he was taking a placebo drug for back pain. He thought it was a new type of painkiller. Okay? 
Miraculously, I can't say that word, within weeks, he was able to do things he had not been able to do in ages, okay? Including getting out of his wheelchair and walking a few steps. I just woke up one morning and thought, hold on a second, that twinge in my back is gone. This is what he told Michael Mosley. It's been about going from strength to strength on a daily basis. Pierce is one of 117 people from this Blackpool who struggled with chronic back pain. He was enrolled on a study where every single person was given a placebo drug. Some of the participants had previously been hospitalized because of terrible pain. Others had been taking morphine to relieve the symptoms. And... Um, he had been taking it as well. Back pain is one of the leading causes of disability among men and women in the UK. And so the article goes on. People involved in the study were told they'd either receive a new type of plant-based painkiller or a placebo drug. But actually, they were all given the placebo. They were all given the same thing. Okay? Very interesting. Okay? Um, so what happened was the medication bottles looked the part. They had the warnings, the information, the side effects. They had consultations with their doctors. Some had 30-minute consultations, and some had 10-minute consultations. The ones who had longer consultation, their anxiety levels went down, and they had better results. Very interesting. Okay? Okay? So we move on here. They did, they did some more research from Oxford University, but I don't want to spend the whole time in the article. People were told to take two tablets every day and record the video diaries of how they got on. And at the beginning and end of the experiment, they had to fill out in a disability survey, they had to rate their back pain from a scale of one to five. The end result was staggering. 45% of the participants showed medical significant improvement. They were taking a capsule with ground up rice powder. You guys get this, okay? Participants, some who had previously been un unable to get out of their house with their kids or were unable to do their job properly, were all of a sudden reporting changes in their health. Some found themselves waking up without pain in the morning. Others said they had more energy, right? And at the start of the study, during the initial consultations, Pierce said, I'm not looking for any miracles. It would just be nice if the pain went away a little bit so I could have some freedom and do a few things. That's all he said. Okay. He said, I used to have a boat, and I'd try to go in the boat. I couldn't go in the boat anymore because of my back pain, but now I can get in the boat again. He's going on sharing all these stories. And so when Mosley asked the participants if they'd choose the blue pill over the morphine okay, that he'd previously been taking, they all said, we'd take that blue pill because they believed in it, and it had better effects than morphine. This is amazing, right? And so the placebo pill can't fix broken bones or treat cancer, all these kind of things, but it could take away pain, which was really interesting. And after the participants were told they'd all been taking the placebo drug, 70% of them said they would carry on taking the pills, even knowing that it was rice powder. <laughs> so Pierce felt so well, this guy who had the back pains, he said, I've got a different opinion. Say, I've got a different opinion. And then he said, I have a different way of life now. I'm beginning to like it. And as Christians, you know what? We have a different opinion. It's the word of God. What does God's word say to us? If we can put our faith in the word of God, if a pill that is full of powder can heal you and it's nothing but rice powder, how much more can the word of God that's living and sharper and more powerful than any 
two-edged sword can heal you, deliver you, and take you out of bondage. Amen? Isn't that good? And so we need to take a pill too. It's called the gospel. Amen? We have to look intently. So we, we, we see this man here who, who, who is he's at the gate beautiful. And, and the Bible says he looked intently with expectation to Peter and John. He looked with expectation. And my encouragement to you today and my question is, are you looking with expectation? Are you believing that God can do it? You know, say, well, I've been waiting a long time. This man waited for over 40 years. And when he saw Peter and John, he had expectation. And so I want to encourage you this morning to look intently to God and his word today as the answer to your problems. Amen? Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 24, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in the pill. Is that what it says? Have faith in God. For assuredly, this means this is for sure. Jesus is saying, when he says assuredly, that's an old word for this is for sure. Okay? For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says of this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So the key is, you can't just believe it in your head, you have to believe it in your heart. Okay, the, the, it, it's a deep belief that produces peace instead of anxiety. It's like, I just know and I believe it deep in my heart. That's what happened with these people as they sat and they had a consultation with a doctor who said, this is cutting edge technology. If you take this pill, your pain will go away. And they're like, wow. They, so their brain said that my pain is going away because of the pill. They put their faith in a pill and their body began to respond because of the law of faith. Amen? And so, in the same way, what if we put our faith in the promises of God and said, I don't care what the situation looks like, I'm going to believe it. Because I don't just need a handout, I need a hand up. I need a transformation in my life, right? And then verse 24 says, Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask for when you pray... Believe that you receive them. Say, believe that you receive them. And you will have them. And most of us, we don't believe it until we see it. Right? But if we would learn to say, God, I believe, I'm asking for you to meet my needs. I believe you're going to meet my needs. And then you'll receive it. There has to be that type of faith. Hebrews chapter eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible. You can't even please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. How many here believe that God exists? Right? But then secondly, you have to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want you to put the word diligent, right? So when you diligently go to the word of God and say, I'm going to find the answer to my problem from you, Lord. I'm going to diligently seek you. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. All of these things that you need will be added. Amen? And so there's this, this whole concept of, of, of seeking and pursuing God. Proverbs 2, verse 3 to 5, if we can bring it up on the screen there. It says, I don't have the verse here, so bring it up. I got it in the Amplified. 
says, yes, if you cry out for insight, you lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek skillfully the godly wisdom as it were silver and search for it as it is hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And then you will discover the knowledge of God. So if I told some of you, if I showed up like one of these tricky doctors, and I showed up with a paper, and I said, I got this from City Hall, and back in 1896, they found gold in your backyard. You've got gold in your backyard. And, and I drafted up this piece of paper. Of course, it's a lie. And I convinced you. I guarantee you I'd walk away the next day. You'd be digging in your backyard. <laughs> because you know there's value in gold. You know there's value in, in precious stones. So you'd be digging. I would. And this is what the scripture is saying. If you will search the scripture, search the Bible, read it for yourself, say, God, I want it, the hidden treasure that's in your word. Then you will know God. Then you will have the blessing of Abraham come upon your life. But we live in a, a society where we're so busy, we don't take the time. We don't even sometimes take 10 minutes a day to open the word and say, God, what are you saying to me? And I'm not saying this is a rebuke. I'm saying it. I'm giving you a key to the kingdom. If we will seek God with all our heart and, and we will look with expectation, there's a miracle about to happen. Amen. Amen. And so let's go back to uh, our passage. We have to look. How many like to bake? Anyone here like to bake? I play around with it. I do more cooking than baking, but I was playing around with baking and I realize that you have to follow the recipe with focus. How many have ever noticed that? Because if you put something out of sequence, or if you're making something that says two tablespoons and you put two teaspoons because you didn't look closely enough and you're not focused and paying attention, guess what? The, the recipe doesn't turn out right. How many experience that? You know, in fact, the other day, I was making pizza for the girls. Uh, it's my daughter's birthday party. So the first pizza I made, and I got it in, uh, made up the dough, put all the ingredients together, put it in the bread maker, which kind of turns it, warms it, and rises. I'm cheating a bit, right? So I got the bread maker working. It's, it's making the machine. And then I thought, well, I want to save time. So what I'm going to do is mix all the ingredients together for the second pizza. So put all the flour, the yeast. I put everything in except for the water. And I sat it on top of the fridge. And I thought, I'll just, it'll save me time. So an hour later, I put the other one on. Do you know the second one was like, it didn't rise. It was horrible. Does anyone know why? Because I don't. The point is, <laughs> I didn't do it right, right? I didn't mix it in order. I didn't put the water and the oil in at the right time. So I think what happened was the yeast started activating with the moisture in the flour before I added the water. And so it was horrible. But you know, when we follow God's word, line upon line, precept upon precepts, it's like, it's like it opens the door to the blessings of God in your life. Amen? And you won't always get everything you want, but you'll get everything you need. Amen? Amen. So let's go back to our story. Acts chapter 3, verse 6 to 7 here. And then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him. Immediately his feet and ankles received strength. So he was leaping up, he stood up, he walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Isn't that good? All right? And so the authority and power of Jesus was there to rise this guy up and to walk. 
But Peter gave him a hand. Peter didn't just say, get up and walk. He reached down, he grabbed him, and when he lifted him up, immediately his feet and ankles received strength. Now, I would imagine if Peter would not have acted in faith and put work to his faith and lifted him up, I don't know if that guy would have got healed. Because faith without works is dead. And we have to take God's word and his promise and what he speaks to our hearts in the, in the secret place when we're praying, we have to put some work to it. We have to look for the opportunities and step out in faith. If you don't step out in faith and you're just believing for something without taking a step of faith and doing something, how many know it's dead? It doesn't produce anything in your life. Okay? In 2009, I was in Kingston at the time. My wife and I went there to plant a church. We, we had worked there for a couple years. The Lord spoke to us to shut down our church and to help another pastor get a church started in the area. But at that time, I was working as a window installer for this window company. And uh, so what happened was every Jan... So I was there for three... The third, I was going on to the third year, but I was there the first two years. I would work all year until right after Christmas. How many are in the trades? Let me see your hands. It's a few trades people. Okay. All right. So what happened was January to April, I was laid off. First year, it was just that way. Second year, it was like that. When I got laid off, I would get unemployment and I would, I would, I would draw that. But it wasn't really enough to live on because I had two kids and we had some expenses. The third year, I got laid off. I was, uh, I was praying, saying, God, you know, I really need you to help me here. I don't just need a handout. People had given me money, helped me pay my rent, stuff like that. Not my rent, but with bills. But I need a hand up. I need, I need a real change in my life. I really, I really need you, God, to show me. I'll step it out. I'll believe it. But I need you to show me. And the Lord reminded me of the promise in Malachi chapter 3, if we can go there. Malachi chapter 3. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there will be food in my house. And try me now in this. Now, this is the only time that God says, test me. He said, try me now in this. Next verse. Says the Lord of hosts, If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing, such a blessing that there's not room enough to contain it. Okay? That's what he says. Next verse. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Now, who's the devourer? It's the enemy, right? So I understood the scripture. My wife and I were faithfully tithing since we were married and, and believing God. So I, I said, Lord, your, your word says, try me in this. So I'm trying you, Lord. I need, I need provision. I need help. I need to see you rebuke the devourer. I need you to speak to me. I need you to get me out of this situation. And so I'm working for, so I'm, I'm laid off. I'm in this season. And someone brings a newspaper article and slaps it in front of my face. And it lights up. I just saw this article. And in this article, it said the government, provincial government, for the area of Kingston, had decided they're going to take hundreds of applications. And in the application, you have to have a business plan. This is the business plan that you're going to present is go before a board, a committee. They're going to look at it, and they're going to choose 15 people that are going to be getting into this program, okay? So the program was basically 15 people were chosen out of hundreds, maybe thousands of applications came in. And what they would do, the government would give you $10,000 to buy tools for your business if, if your business plan was approved. They would give you three months of 
in-class training and pay you to be there. Then they would give you um, a whole year's salary so that the first year you're getting your business up and running, you don't have to worry about paying the bills. That's a pretty good deal. And out of hundreds of applications that went in, Mine was chosen. I did, a, did an article, uh, a, an application, and a business plan for windows and doors, and I sent it in, and it was approved. God had given me the name and prayer and all this stuff, and I put it all together. It was approved. And I went in, and within the first month, so they, they literally trained you for three months in how to um, run a business, everything you need to know about running a business. They gave me $10,000. I bought a work truck. You know, 2009, $10,000 went a lot further than today. But a work, work truck. And God really opened up. The blessings started to flow. And in the first month of business, I made more than I had made in two or three months working at my other job. And it just, it just snowballed from there. But I was really like, I don't know if I want to do this. This seems like a lot. I don't know if this, I, you know, I fought with this idea of applying and all this stuff. And my wife says, no, no, you need to walk by faith. There's an opportunity. Take that opportunity. And I took the step of faith, and God met me on the other side. And the beautiful thing is they said, and this was really not like the government, but it was here. It was gravy. All the money that made, they said it was gravy. So in other words, like when you're on unemployment and you make money, you have to pay back money, right? But with this program, it was like, no, keep all your money. So it, it was just a real year of blessing for me. All right? And so I was looking for a hand up, not a handout. I needed a miracle, but God, but I had to take a step of faith. I had to step out of that place that's uncomfortable. Maybe there's some of you in this place that you're, you've, been, you've been praying and you're believing God, but God is asking you to take a step of faith and to do something new or try something different or move into a realm you never... You have to trust that God will meet you and he'll lift you up and give strength to your bones. Amen? Because he will, and he's always faithful. Amen? Acts chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. We're almost finished here. We're going to have the worship team come. So he leaped up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. They knew that it was him who sat begging at, for money at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were all filled with wonder, amazement at what had happened. And then verse 11, Now the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together in the porch, which is called Solomon, greatly amazed. You know, when I've gone through hard times and challenges, you know what causes me to hold on? Is the memory of the hand up. What causes you to hold on is the memory of when God brought healing and deliverance. And people want to sit and argue and say, you know, I don't believe in God or I don't really believe that healing's for today. Well, it's not for today. For those who believe it's not for today. Because let it be according to your faith. If you believe in your heart what you ask for, you will receive. Well, you don't believe that God heals today. Your healing's not for you. I'll see you in heaven. I love you, but it's for me. How many say it's for me, right? Because I believe it in my heart. Can, can I hear an Amen. But it's the memory of the hand up that causes us to hold on. It's the memory of the hand up that causes us to hold on to our faith. And I think back to the day when 
I was depressed and burnt out and I was on drugs and, and I had no peace and I was suicidal and I was full of anxiety and fear and I cra- called out to Jesus and it was like peace came over me like a flood. And the memory of the hand up of God's peace and his forgiveness of my sins and the cleansing that I felt, that memory of that hand up to a better life causes me to hold on in the tough times. How many need to learn to hold on in the tough times? Let me see your hands, right? Think of the memory of when God gave you a hand up. And the more you think of the time he gave the hand up and you tell others, the more hand ups you get in the future. This is the way he works. It's awesome. We tell the story of his glory in our lives. Amen. Why don't we stand together? Father, I thank you, Lord, for your blessing. I don't tell my story for my own glory. I tell it because I want others to realize what you do for me, you do for others. You're a faithful God. Lord, when we choose to believe and we say, you know what, I'm going to, like a little child, I'm going to believe that the great physician just sat down with me and said, hey, if you apply this scripture to your life, you're going to have this blessing in your life. Amen? And it's not a placebo. It's got real power. And we thank you, Father, for your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you for the congregation. Father, I thank you for every person in this place. Father, I thank you, God, that we can come to your word. Like this man at the beautiful gate who looked with expectation, intently. We look with expectation, with intention, that you're going to meet our needs, God, that you're going to come through. And we're not going to look at the past. We're going to look at the future because you're in our future. And we thank you for it. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. If you're watching by live stream, if you're sitting in this place, I want to just take an opportunity. If you don't know that your sins have been forgiven, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith, but we have to confess our sin. And he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us because he wants to be in relationship with us. The only way to eternity with God is is repentance and faith in him. He wants to be your father, your spiritual father. If that's you in this place and you don't know, if you're on the live stream, you don't know if you were to die today, you'd go to be with the Lord. Just lift your hand. We're going to pray. And the whole congregation, I see your hands. I see your hands. Awesome. I see your hand. And there's some of you online, you got your hand up right now. I want to lead you in this prayer. Okay? If you confess with your mouth, you believe it in heart, you will be saved. Say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Cleanse me and wash me. Forgive me. Come and live in me by your Holy Spirit. And change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning. 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.